You're listening to the Traffic and Funnels Show. All right. Hey, everybody. I think we are live on Facebook. We're live backstage here. It's starting to come in. So excited. Yes, you might be saying, Pete, you're at a different setup today. And we are at a different setup. So what's up, Rise Up World? I hope you guys are great. If you are not watching today, it's about to set the tone for something that we're going to be doing at the end of the month. And I believe one of the biggest reasons that companies don't go to the next level out of the gates, as well as stay in business for the long haul, is because they do not think about sales and marketing on a week-to-week basis. We have the saying within our company that you've got to date Sam every single week. And a lot of people say, you know, Pete, you're a married man. Like, what do you mean by dating Sam? And Sam is simply sales and marketing. It's my acronym for sales and marketing. But sales and marketing are distinctly two different things. There's the role that marketing plays. There's the role that sales plays. And there's a lot of people out there right now in today's market that do not understand how to do sales and marketing ethically. Now, there's a lot of folks out there that do sales in a really sleazeball way, or after you get off the phone or you talk with them, you feel like you got to go take a bath when you're done. And I'm telling you today, I believe you got one of the brightest young minds that is out there around these topics. I don't just think that. My team who is in the other room thinks that. And I'm proud to say that we do pretty dang well with sales and marketing. But we're out in Nashville, Tennessee today to come learn from a gentleman and his his partner and his incredible team that is in this office of how do you do sales and marketing? How do you think about sales and marketing? This guy will put out one post and give away something for free. And from one post, on his social media, he'll generate more revenues from that one post than the majority of business owners generate an entire year. But he's got a way of thinking about sales. He's got a way of thinking about marketing. He's got some incredible rules. Some of you heard, if you heard Taylor Welch and Rise Up World, give some love. Because I know Dean Graziosi heard him. I know a lot of people heard him and hit me up afterwards and said, who is that Taylor Welch guy? That guy is smart. And he is extremely smart. And better yet, an incredible human, like an incredible human. And so here's what I want to let you know. July 27th, two weeks from today, we will be doing a five-day challenge on July 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st, right here in this Facebook group. You're going to actually have to register. We'll be emailing you. You'll have to register and let us know that you're going to be a part of it, where not only will Taylor be a part, We've got verbal confirmation that Dean Graziosi, Grant Cardone, and a lot of other people will be a part of the sales and marketing, five-day sales and marketing challenge. And so you'll be hearing about that this week and next week. But today is important because it's going to set the precedent. It's going to set the precedent for that challenge. I'm excited about these next two weeks. Today, we got Taylor Welch. Next week, we've got Andy Frisella that's going to be in the house next week. And But today is really important because it's going to have you start thinking about sales and marketing before we launch into this challenge at the end of the month. Five-day challenge at the end of the month. So I want to know where you, who's here with us, who, where, you, where, you, where you're chiming in from. And today is going to be very valuable. I'm coming from 
Traffic and Funnels headquarters here in Nashville, Tennessee, where I am a student for two days. My director of sales, my sales coordinator are in the other room learning and being downloaded so much genius. And today you guys get to get a piece of that from the founder and my good friend, Taylor Welch. Welcome to part two of Rise Up World, bro. Nobody does it like Pete Vargas. Nobody does it. I think we should just give it up for you. This group is amazing. Well, how much value are you giving away, man? Every single week, bro. Every week. So we we'll have hundreds in here this week. I hope we'll have thousands in here in two weeks. Come on. And uh, bro, I'm excited. So sales and marketing, man. Yeah, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Never heard of it. I Sam. just Sam, Sam, bro. We gotta date her. We gotta date <laughs> Sam every single it week. Can it can go either way. Exactly. You, you, you can date Sam, yeah. her or him. It's okay. You gotta date yeah. Sam. So, man, you guys pastor give everybody a little background because we had to get you right into it on rise up world yeah. we gave you 20 minutes oh, of your best all the way back yeah just give us a little bit of background of like i want everybody to see that they can do it like yeah. the possibility is there yeah. you know yeah i uh my my mom says that when i was growing up i had one goal in life and that was to be a cowboy preacher mm. not just a preacher i want to preach to the cowboys because i was a kid and growing up in the south so i eventually got my dream job as a pastor you want me to go all the way back yeah oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, got my dream job as a pastor and uh it was it was fun it was great but if you've ever achieved something that you thought you wanted but then you don't really want it that was kind of my scenario so ended up stumbling accidentally onto the world of marketing um my wife wanted more clients she was a hairstylist so how many of you know every most good things you can track back to a spouse somewhere? hundred percent. And so now that, that's the case with me. Derek's not in his head over there. He's one year. Yeah. One year. Yeah. So anyways, um, I picked up a book on marketing. I started learning marketing to help my wife get clients. And um, we, we started to grow and I started to grow her clientele and uh, learned from a guy named John Carlton, one of the greatest copywriters he wrote the one-legged golfer uh, advertisement that sold tens of millions of dollars. And uh, I, for about 14 months, I copied out uh, sales letters by hand, okay? Um, I had 20 of these notebooks, which is copying them, copying things out verbatim. And it kind of got into, it trains you how to think because you're writing it down, slows you down. You can't just read it for an entertainment or enjoyment. You're reading it to deconstruct. And I got really good really good at being able to use the word structures and the infrastructure of a good sales letter in everyday uh, everyday speech, everyday lingo. And so that is what started my trajectory as a copywriter, starting freelance. And I was writing packages for people, met Chris Evans, who's a business partner out on the East Coast. And he was, he had clients running Facebook ads for them. And I had clients who I was building funnels for. It's like, man, we should team up because all of my clients need traffic and all of your clients need funnels. Mm. And hence the name, Traffic and Funnels. Mm -hmm. um, he went and bought the URL before we partnered. He was like, I think we should name it Traffic and Funnels. I was like, cool, we have, you haven't agreed to partner with me, Evan. You're, you're in, let's go. So we took our first client in September of 2015 um, and had our first six-figure month in January of 2016. It happened really quick. Um, and over the, over the course of the last five years, we've, we've discovered so many things that 
I never would have been able to figure out if, if I hadn't been in the thick of ministry, mm -hmm. if I hadn't been in, you know, my dad used to take me to these John Maxwell simulcasts as a kid. Yeah. And you got to meet my dad today. Yeah. I'm 11, 12 years old. And he's pulling me out of school and I'm having to go. And it's, oh, dad's boring. I don't want to do this. This is just a boring man, you know, on a projector. And he's like, well, we'll get you play. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. I'm in. Uh, but it's amazing. Once we started developing a team, um, all of those lessons kind of came back. And I started learning, remembering, you know, Patrick Lencioni talking about the five dysfunctions of a team when I was 12. Wow. And uh, it just kind of became this organic thing. And, you know, I, I'm obviously a voracious reader and learner. And so it's not enough just to have a good upbringing. You got to also be hungry. You got to be hungry for the right reasons. A lot of people are hungry, but they're hungry for themselves. And I learned that at a certain point, growth is going to slow down if your only you know, goal is yourself. People are saying the mic is too low, by the way, Derek, um, just so you know. And then here we are. You start, we have three companies about to buy a fourth company, and uh, we're just having fun playing the game. Wow. Yeah. Well, can give us a, can you hear us on, I'm going to see if y'all can hear me on Zoom. We got our backstage people here. Can you hear me on Zoom too? Can you hear me guys on zoom? Yes, 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 yes. A little louder. They're saying a little louder. Yes. Okay. I want to make sure because we're going to get into some of the meat and potatoes here. Should be the mics. Okay. Let me, uh, keep going guys. All right. Cool. So, you know, one of the things I think is we got a lot of people out there that they have something powerful to take into this world. They have, they have a message, they have a company, and we got people in all different levels. Like, listen, Taylor, it blows Taylor and I's minds away because we're both pastors who didn't, you know, we didn't make a lot of money. We were driven by the impact that we were having on people's lives. Yeah. And we're still driven by that. 100%. Still driven yeah. by that. It doesn't go away. No. And it's cool that we get paid really well to be able to do that. Right. But there's something common that you and I have that I don't see a lot of business owners have. They got maybe a great story or they got a great product or great content. They got all this greatness, this genius, yeah. but they never do sales and marketing well. And there's lots of reasons, fear, not wanting to be slimy or sleazy, a lot of reasons. But I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about sales and marketing before we come back in here in a few weeks and literally give you 15 to 20 different strategies of how to do sales and marketing. I want to make sure that people can understand some foundation of sales and marketing and, and help them understand how they can do it better, Taylor. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I think the reason that people struggle with sales and marketing is because, um, have you heard of first order consequences and second order consequences and third? I haven't. So one of, one of the reasons that I think we've been successful is because we're in different industries. So, and I know that you are as well. So Dan Kennedy who's like the marketing godfather talks about how a lot of the best ideas are not new ideas. They're ideas you get from a different industry. Um, for example, uh, food drive-throughs. Saying Taylor's slow on here. Yeah. I'm seeing the same thing. Should we, any thoughts on it? They're, they're saying it here and there. I just want to pause. Cause this is good. This, yeah. I can get you right here. We should be set. What's up everyone. There we go. All right. We're going to, Oh, here we go. Say what's up, everybody. All check, right. check, check. One, two. Your mic should be all 
set, Taylor. Yep. How's this? Is this better? It's going to sound a lot better. Much better. They said, like, I got much better coming in. There much we better. There we go. go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Anyways, um, drive throughs fast food drive throughs we got, they got that idea from, I think, banks originally. So companies and industries arbitrage ideas all the time. So one of the ideas that I got from the world of investing is we run the real estate company is this uh, Ray Dalio t- teaches first order consequences, second order and third order. What people have to realize is that the first and second order consequence is always opposite. You just went to the gym yesterday. Yes. And uh, you got your Hulk on. Yeah, I did. And the the first order consequence is bad. It hurts. You're yep. you hurting today. Yep. Um, the second order consequence though is you're gonna live longer. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get strong. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take that shirt off next time, <laughs> right? Um, and then the third order consequence is even greater. You're gonna be able to see. You're gonna be able to see your grandkids. And the fourth order consequence it's it, it is an exponential growth. So I think the reason people struggle with marketing is because their, their only association is the first order consequence. Man, I'm trying to sell somebody. I don't enjoy that. I don't want to be sold to. But if, if you're patient enough to look at the second order consequences, um, name one good thing in your life that's been transformational, revolutionary, that was not sold to you, or that didn't incur some kind of cost. You can't do it. Everything requires an exchange. Everything requires a little bit of a cost. And so if people can really get their, the full implications that I'm making, the only way for you to serve people and change lives is to sell. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have another way to do that. Um, the, some of the great, and this isn't meant to be a, a swipe. One of the greatest salespeople I ever met was my youth pastor. Because he convinced, he convinced these rebellious, crazy teenagers to come to church every Wednesday night, that's, that's sales right there. So if you can redefine, I think people need to redefine the relationship they have with sales and marketing as a, a vehicle for service. Mm-hmm. And when you get that locked in, you don't have a problem anymore because the only way I can help you is if I get more than 10 minutes with you, mm-hmm. which means you're probably going to have to pay something. And the better I can become at that conversion process, then the easier that first order consequence is going to be to stomach. Mm-hmm. You go to the gym tomorrow, you go Wednesday, you go Friday. Eventually, the first order consequence goes down mm-hmm. and you're left with second, third, and fourth. But people can't get over that initial first order consequence. Wow. Make sense? Yeah, it's so good. So a piece of it has to do with people's relation. The first piece has to do with the relationship totally. with sales and marketing. Yeah. What is, so some of it, what is that resistance? For me, it's because my body hurts. Like my body hurts, like so much so that I have an ice pack on right now as we're sitting here. I tweaked my back a little bit. I haven't lifted in the three weeks because of being on vacation, but I know I'm trying to figure out my head. Okay, I think I can still do some stuff today. I'm just going to have to take it easier. But that's the physical manifestation of it. What is it with sales and marketing? Why is that first order so difficult? Is it rejection? Is it sleazy or are those just like excuses? Like, I don't want to be slimy and sleazy. Like what are the, what are the body aches yeah. of sales and marketing? If you go into a room of people and you say, how many people want to help other people? Most of the room raises their hands. If you go into a room and, and you say, how many of you have been sold something and it didn't feel good? The whole room will raise their hand. How many of you have had somebody try to get you to do something you didn't want to do? That's a human nature thing. Everybody's, everybody's been subjected to that. So 
what I, what we call this is learning the wrong lessons. Um, have you ever been in a car accident? Yes. But do you drive? Sure. Why? It gets me places. Locked but you've been in a car accident. Yeah. Why didn't that define the rest of your life's relationship with driving a vehicle? Because you're mature enough in that element of life to learn the right lessons, which is like maybe slow down or, you know, maybe it's just a risk thing. But what happens in areas that people don't cognitively understand is they'll go through a car wreck. They'll never drive again. Well, I bought a bad product, so I'm never going to buy another product again. Well, I went through a bad experience. Somebody sold me something that felt bad. So I'm never going to do that to another person. And instead of learning the right lessons, we learn the easy lessons. And that's what happens. I think that's what defines people's bad relationships with sales and marketing is we've all seen it done wrong. And so rather than being able to go to the next level, we just assume that that's how it is. And so it's the same thing that's happening with your body, but it's, it's, it's the psychology of it. You don't want to do to someone else what has been done to you the wrong way, mm-hmm. rather than realizing that that's just, that's just a style. That's just a, you know, a bad example. It's, an, it's really a, a learning lesson of how to not behave rather than it is a learning lesson that the entire tub is bad and throw the whole tub out. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, completely. So let's learn those lessons. Let's, yeah. what, what are some of those lessons or rules that maybe we can redefine or take a look at differently? Because here's the thing. I know that this crowd watching knows that they have something deeply that can impact the world. Like I know a lot of these people. I think about folks that are serving seniors or serving veterans or serving, you know, businesses or brick and mortar businesses. You talk about your wife. She wanted to learn how to get more people into her brick and mortar business. 100%. Like there's a lot of people serving a lot of folks. And here's what Tom Ziegler told me, Zig Ziegler's son. He Mm -hmm. said, they all have a moral obligation to make sure that as many people who need what they have to offer hears about them. They have a moral obligation is what he said. That's what my dad would tell you if you were standing here. I'm like, whoa. So let's reframe people's thoughts, lessons, rules around sales and marketing, because I think that's where some of your genius and brilliance really comes into play. Yeah. Where do you want me to start? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if you consider instructions or rules the same thing. I don't know what. Yeah. Um, we can go over the three rules of sales again. Yeah. Um, we can start there and then we can go deeper. Um, we teach our teams rule number one, and we just started a brand new sales team this morning. And uh, one of the first things that, you know, I spent 10 minutes at the beginning, I said, none of you are closers. And they were like, they thought they were hired to be closers. I was like, you're advisors. Because a closer is, even the language of it is like, what do you do? Well, I close people. I'm a closer. Well, what happens when you're confronted with the person that doesn't need to be closed? It's not that you can't close them. It's simply that they don't need it. What do you do? Well, a closer will just close them. I don't like that. So you're an advisor. Your job is to instruct and advise on the most ethical path forward for what they need. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first rule. The number one job on a sales call is to help the prospect make the right decision for them. That's the job. That's what you get paid to do. You don't get paid to take their money. It's not going to work. The second rule is, most times what is best for the prospect is, is it inside or is it outside their comfort zone? Uh, completely outside. It's got to be outside or they would have already done it, right? That's the second rule. The third rule is, you know, clients and prospects will fight to stay inside of that comfort zone. And so there's a dichotomy here because your job is to advise them on how to grow. But if growth was comfortable, they wouldn't need an advisor. And so there's a tension 
of, you know, I'm going to have to help you see that being uncomfortable is the best thing for what you want. And so you got to be comfortable with me. I'm not going to partner with you today. I'm going to part with you tomorrow, next week, next month. That's the person I'm partnering with. And by the way, who you are today is not going to like it. So if you're okay with that, let's go. And so there's this tension inside of the process. Um, and I would say another thing to be, be careful of is when you do go to get on, on a phone call, what's the difference between necessity and neediness? Is we, none of us want to be needy, but you got a lot of salespeople who are needy. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. They need the sale. You can tell they need the sale. It's like um, if you ever walk into like a, a GNC, oh my goodness. It's like, bro, leave me alone. Yes. Like stop asking me about, like I'm just going to look and you need to sit down. Because yeah. they're like aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. The difference between neediness and necessity, because we teach our, our team to have high necessity. Neediness is about you. Necessity is about them. Mm-hmm. It's just a different side of the coin. But I know you want this, and you've told me you want it, and we spent 40 minutes. I need you to get it because it's about you. My necessity here is high because if I don't, so you got kids, you got a family, you let them all down. What's going to go on? What's, what's happening here? Where in your psychology are you in one point of the conversation saying, this is what I'm called to do, and in another point of the conversation saying, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. There's a, there's a tension here and you get to decide who am I going to partner with? Do you want me to help you today? Or do you want me to help you become who you need to become tomorrow? And we call this moral authority. I'm just rolling on you right now. So slow me down if I I need to. Moral authority is the position of leadership where you are influencing someone to do something that is for them, Mm -hmm. not for you. And leaders lose moral authority when they begin to use their influence for Mm self-service. That's when you lose moral authority. Um, if you go into some of the greatest missional companies in the world that have survived a really long time, key there is missional. You'll see them over and over and over make decisions that weren't good for their investors that month, but they were good for their investors over 10 years. And what we teach our, our team here is what's good for the company is good for you. What's good for you is good for the company. That's moral, that's moral authority. And you can deploy the same thing on your, on your calls. And it sounds like this. Hey, Pete, how you doing? Well, good, man. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you, my job is not to sell you or to close you. I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to figure out how I can help you. And if that looks like becoming a client, I'll tell you that. If it looks like not becoming a client, I'll tell you that too. Sound good? Yeah. Wall just went down. Moral authority. Yep. Cause you know, at this point, um, I'm not doing something that's going to pay me, but not pay you. I'm going to get you paid first mm. and then I'll get paid out of that, which is very similar to Zig Ziglar's mantra. If you help enough people in the world, you get whatever you want. It's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's so good. That's so good. So sorry for the biography. No, there. dude, no, I love it. I love it. So, so you got these three rules. Yep. Rule one being, I'm going to paraphrase always do what's best for the, mm-hmm. it, how did you say it? Always do what's best for the customer. It's a little bit different. Always your job is to help the prospect do what's best for them. Help the prospect do what's best for them. Yeah. Yeah. Rule number one. Rule number two is that they're in a, they're in a, they're in a, com- they're in a comfort zone. Right? Yeah. That thing you're trying to help them do is outside of their comfort outside zone. Outside of their comfort zone. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, then the rule number one. three, one more time. Is that they're going to fight to stay inside their comfort zone. All day long. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. So, 
how do you how do you how do you navigate that? Because I feel like there's more fighting than there is like, oh sure, yeah, like I want what you have to offer me. Well, so what do you do with your kids? I'm a I'm a father now, so I'm starting to understand this. Yeah. I walked in the other day and Kate, my daughter, one year, three months old, has a giant fistful of dog hair and she's eating it. For the first time, I'm like, this isn't normal, is it? Like my daughter's eating hair. And I took it from her. And I'm like, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. Here's some food, like, you know, like whatever. Your kids are older, so you get this even better than I do. Are you fighting with them or are you teaching them? When I'm at my best, I'm teaching them. Yeah. And there sometimes that requires a little bit of conflict. But at the end of the day, if if you're the kind of person who knows that, you know, my son's about to run in front of the street, and so I'm going to calmly page his mother and no, no, you're going to, you're going to go tackle that right away. And the relationship can be similar in that I never want to correct. I want to instruct. And sometimes instruction can sound like correction and vice versa. And only the, the mistake would be to get wrapped up into the, in the weeds. But when someone comes to us and they're like, man, I've been building this business for eight years. This happens all the time. Like I'm doing 12 grand a month. Um, and I think I can do more and I can help more people. What do, you, what do you suggest? Well, the first thing that I need to deal with this person is that the way they've been doing it is not working. And if we don't have an agreement on that, I'm not going to be able to instruct them. Wow. And so. Where the natural tendency is probably to just talk about your products and services. Yeah, 100%. Oh, what should yeah. I do? Well, we got this great workshop and uh, yep. whatever. Yep. So here's another principle. Don't sell your products. Sell the proper thinking. It's way different. Wow. If you can teach someone, you guys got that. That's big. Yeah. That's really big. Massive. If, if, so if you can, if I can teach, um, what's your name? Alan. Alan. Alan just started. Okay. Hey, Alan. If I can teach Alan how to think better then whether he buys my product or not, he's probably going to have a better life. There's moral authority again. All of these things like a matrix, it just weaves together. So, you know, you've been building this business for eight years and, and you're at 12 grand a month and you want to help more people. Well, what have you been, what have you been doing? What have you been doing that hasn't worked? Notice that question. I mean, right away, we're just going to go straight into it. We need to come to an agreement that what you've been doing has not been working. Mm -hmm. And then from that place forward, then we're on the same page and I can help you because the byproduct of thinking correctly, most of the time is going to be to invest into somebody's mentorship or coaching, you know? So you always want to sell indirectly. Yeah. Does that make sense? hundred percent. So let me ask you this for all of the people watching that um, you're getting some comments. Hey, hey, yeah, hey yeah. Facebook, give me some love. I want to know what, uh, I want to know what your biggest takeaways are on Facebook here. Also, Hey, it's all of our folks backstage here. What's your biggest takeaways right now? I want to know what, and then maybe post some questions. I want to see if there's some common questions. I don't typically do this. Um, so we have, we have, I would say we have people in three types of buckets right now in their business that are watching. Okay. And I'm curious what you, what, what is the wisdom that you would give to them? Um, and I know there's a lot of nuances, mm -hmm. but when it comes to the person who is brand new in business, yeah. they have no following, they have no list. They don't have thousands of customers coming in every single month or hundreds or dozens or whatever it looks like. They have yeah. nothing. Yeah. How do you begin? What would you do today on July 13th, how would you begin to start this track of sales and marketing for that, for that person watching? And I'm going to tackle three types of people on here. 
that's just getting started in business? What would you say to them around sales and marketing? What are the activities that you think would be the most meaningful for them to do? Make a list of problems that your market deals with. Let's say there are five or six, but there's not 12. Yeah. There's not 30. There's like five. That's, that's a key point. Uh, you're not going to be able to sell something that solves a hundred problems at the same time. Most people, it's not that their, their marketing doesn't work. It's that their marketing is so wide that if it comes down and Pete's a specialist and I'm a generalist, they're going to go with Pete because you're more specific, right? Make a make a list of five or six problems and then begin publishing content around those problems. Don't teach them how to solve the problems. Just talk about the problems. Mm -hmm. And you'll become known for the guy or the girl who deals with those problems. Um, When we started Traffic and Funnels, I had an email list of 200 people. And I think my mom was on the email list like 17 times. So maybe like 180, right? And I didn't have any followers on Facebook. Nobody knew who I was. But I would go onto Facebook and I would go into these uh, these different groups and I would just begin to make relationships with people. And then on my personal profile would begin to post about these problems. And let's say that somebody, um, one of my favorite clients ever is somebody who helps people conceive for the first time. Um, talk about a life changing offer right there. Um, and we taught her just to start posting about the things that don't work. And so while everyone's talking about here's how you make a million dollars or here's how you, you know, fix a problem, you start talking about the things that don't fix the problem. But if you want to know what does, hit me up. And that's a wonderful way to get people in the door. You know, for us and for instance, in real estate, you know, um, here's what will not work to get you to your income goals. You know, Fidelity account, probably not going to do anything. S&P 500, if you want to be 150 years before you get rich, fine. Do S&P 500, whatever. And we'll start tackling these things that is the traditional train of thought, but it's actually not the proper way to get to the goal. By the way, if you want to know what we've done for our clients, hit me up, you know? And even if you've only had two clients, because if you want to know what we've done for our clients, because you had two clients, you're good. People struggle with the identity issue. This is the biggest thing at the beginning is not marketing, it's identity. Because people are, they have imposter syndrome and they have some insecurity wrapped up around it. And it's like, you could have the bet, you could have us writing your marketing for you, but somebody's going to reach out to you and you're going to, yeah, like, you're going to have this vibe and people respond well to clarity mm. and confidence. And so I think that that's the biggest thing to work on at the beginning. And it sounds like I'm deflecting the question, but you know, we, after 30,000 clients, I'm like, well, let me show you the data. It's most of the times it's not marketing. Marketing's a piece, but if you have the right marketing and the wrong identity opportunity, will just go around you like a river, around the rock, you know? So getting clear on that identity, which is that yeah. problem that you can solve for them. Yes. Yeah. And are you saying, am I hearing you say that you would tackle that organically before any of the uh, crazy every single stuff, time, right? Like, I mean, you would probably be DMing people or posting mm-hmm. messages saying these things don't work if you're trying to, you know, yeah. s- you know, s- yeah. And, and that we need to recircle back because um, the natural inclination there is like, well, isn't that, is that sleazy? Like, is that, but it's like, well, let's get to the second order consequence. You've got, let's say that you help somebody create a business online. You've got a single mom wanting to build a business and they are struggling. You're not going to reach out to that person because you don't want to feel like what? 
Like go to the second or third order consequence. And if you're truly confident, show some aggression that you can actually help in the right way, you know? Yeah. So, so you've got that person who's just getting started. And I mean, I mean, I mean, everybody, you can go out and get your business launched that way, just through social channels, just through your, your, your phone, your phone. Yeah. just through your phone, you could go begin and launch the business yeah. without getting creative or anything advanced or anything. Yeah. So what about that person right now that feels a little bit stuck in their business? That's kind of hit a peak. Uh, maybe it's because of what's going on in our world. Maybe it's not, but like, it's just kind of like, man, I, I feel stuck right now. How would you be thinking about sales and marketing if your business was stuck right now? It's probably not an issue of sales and marketing. It's probably an issue of vision and cost. Mm. Um, and again, if you only want me to talk about sales and marketing. No, no. Because no. here's, here's what I've found is that there are, there's really only two ways that people feel stuck. Another word for stuck would be burnout. You never burn out when you're really moving forward quickly. You usually burn out when you don't feel like you're moving forward enough. Um, when you feel like you should be somewhere that you're not, right? So the two ways we talk about people hitting burnout or a, or a plateau is, there, here are the two ways. Either your future vision has already kind of been accomplished. This is why you see people burn out when they have a goal for 50 grand a month and then they hit 50 grand a month. Then they feel stuck. Yeah. because they've hit the goal. There's nothing else to do. So you want to make sure that the direction of your life and the places that you're trying to get to are not behind you mm -hmm. because then you're going to feel stuck. I think the second way that people get stuck and burn out is they have a big goal, but they don't have enough clarity to attach a cost to that. Like, what, is that, what does that actually look like? What's, what do I do tomorrow? What do I do the next day? What do I do the next week? So a lot of this comes back down to clarity. And, you know, a big part of that clarity is economics. And, you know, if, if you're, we have clients all the time where they're like, they'll get on a call, they'll come to an event. And this probably happens to you all the time. But it's like, Taylor, I'm just really not happy. I'm frustrated and I need to know what to do. It's like, okay, well, let's look at your numbers. Well, I spent 20 grand and I made 100 grand and it's been the same for six months. I'm like, well, what do you want? Like, I want to make half a million. Well, you're spending, you're getting a 5X multiple. Have you thought about spending more money? They're like, well, I thought we were supposed to be at a 10X. It's their expectations that are not configured properly. This happens to the same people who start to scale and the profit margins go down. And then they stop scaling. But you're, you're supposed to be less profitable as you scale. You can't bulk as a bodybuilder and cut at the same time in the same season. So most of the game when you feel stuck is really an expectation thing. Your vision is behind you, not in front of you. It has nothing to do with sales and, sales and marketing. It has everything to do with uh, are you screwed on properly from a mental standpoint? Are you thinking as an investor, not an, just an entrepreneur? All of these things kind of plug and play. But we can go deeper on that if you want to. But No, I love that, dude. I love that. So a lot of times the stuck has nothing to do with sales and marketing no. at all. No. Has sales and marketing changed in this market with what's going on in the yeah, world? Like, it has. does it look different? Yeah. So what if people are doing it the old way? What is, what, what, what's the new version of sales and marketing look like in this market where we're at today? Not to get in anything political about this, where the market is, because we could talk about that the rest of our time. Yeah. But what looks different in the way that we sell and market in this market, in your opinion? I think um, one of the first things we did is, is the anchor changed. So um, by anchor, I mean, what are like life, life is a 
series of comparisons. Life is a series. Like, here's an example to give to you. Um, how long does it take to get there? If you hop in your car and you drive, how long does it take for you to get there? I guess you got to know where you're going. You have no idea. You have to have, and how long does it take to get to Denver versus to there? Again, you have to have, you have to compare. And the, the modern ethos is that like comparison is bad. Okay, well, th there's no way to not compare yourself to something somewhere. Like life is a series of comparisons. Does that make sense? Yeah. When we talk about anchors, what we're talking about is the cost of X versus Y. So you may sell a program that's $20,000. Is that a lot of money? You don't know because yeah. you have nothing to compare it to. So a lot of times what you have is people have this wrong. People come on with one comparison and you don't understand that comparison. So you're trying to overcome it, but you don't understand the comparison. So you can't deal with it. So $20,000 is a lot if we're talking about um, Chipotle, the cost to get lunch. Oh my goodness, $20,000 is incredible. Like so much money. But if, if you were permanently disabled tomorrow and you only had $20,000 for the rest of your life to live on, is that a lot of money? It's not a lot of money. So as the runway changes, the anchor changes, as the comparison changes, the objections you have to have change. So with COVID and the lockdowns, and one of the first things we had to do was people were like, well, I'm not going to buy until all this blows over. I'm just going to wait. And I'm sure everyone's heard that objection. Yeah. It's like, well, the world is in chaos right now and everything's insane. So I'm not spending any money until we get through this. And one of the first pivots we made was, well, what if it doesn't ever change? You're just going to not change anything for the rest of your life. A lot of times the people who weren't buying were relying on savings and they were not growing. They just couldn't spend money. So what we did is we changed the anchor. And what if this never changes? Are you going to find out the new way to do it? Or are you going to keep trying to do it the old way? And so in, in every business is a little bit different, but the issue with rapid change that's forced on people is a lot of times they don't know how to make decisions because the map that they use to make decisions has now changed, it's different. And so what you have to do is you have to re-engineer the way they make decisions, and you do that in the first half of the call. Mm -hmm. You wanna know how uh, Warren Buffett survived 2008? Yeah. He bought stuff. Yeah. Go look at him. A lot of real estate. You, you wanna know how everyone died in 2008? They did this, mm -hmm. you know? Okay, well that changes the way you make decisions, right? Like we just take the last recession, we anchor against it, and we teach them how to buy or how to think. How to think. 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 And the byproduct of that can be buying or it can be not buying. And you don't care because your job is not to close. Your job is to help to make the right decision. Guys, I hope you got that too. Like that's, that's so big right there. So big mm -hmm. on like people are still buying. They're still buying. Like they're absolutely buying out there because a, a friend of mine who lives up the road, um, Michael Hyatt, said, Pete, there's more problems in the world today than there were three months ago. thousand percent. I mean, so many more problems. Like, And there's more fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and there's more fear. There will be somebody this fall that we'll be talking about six months from now that redefined how you do your schooling from home. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking a multi-hundred million, if not a billion-dollar company that's going to redefine how to do schooling. We should home. start that. Write that down, let's, Derek. Let's make a note of that right there. Let's start that. New business. But it's a problem Absolutely. that people weren't thinking about. Yep. I mean, they were thinking about the traditional homeschooling, yep. but they weren't thinking about what COVID has forced us to do. Yep. And now, all of a sudden, there's going to be there's greater problems in the world than there's ever yep. been. The saying, 
um, uh, what is it? Need is the mother of all invention. It takes on a new meaning when you actually live through it. Or like the more problems there are, the more opportunities there are to make money. It's job security. When we first made good money, I remember my biggest fear was that it was a fluke. You know, like I just got lucky. And I ended up paying someone to teach me how to make it not a fluke via investments. So any fear that you deal with, there's likely an opportunity in some other market to deal with that same fear. Wow. And when you go through a season where it feels like you got all these problems, you have all these issues and really you're dealing with your own emotions and fear and things, just know that don't be tricked. You're likely in a moment of extreme opportunity. And the way that that looks to people is often overwhelm and chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can redefine that, you can usually make, you, you'll, you'll capitalize on seasons that other people who don't know this will retreat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's so good. So kind of in Latin, kind of our last 10 minutes here, what are, what are some of the, I know we haven't talked a lot of tactical strategic, which I love. I love because we're going for the mindset, but what are some of the strategies that are working? Maybe some, t- and we'll talk more in a few weeks about this, but what are some sales and marketing strategies that are working? Like today you, you taught me the two-step. I'm like, man, I, I'm from Texas. I should know how to two-step. <laughs> I mean, come on. But what are, what are some tactical things that people who are wanting to go out, they're, they're like, I'm clear on my problem. Like I'm clear and I'm ready. What are some things that are working really well today? Yeah. Um, I would say fundamentally, especially right now, if you can, uh, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people who are watching this are, are just getting going or trying to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to own your own watering holes. And that sounds like a really weird way to say it. But one of the things we did in 2016 is we started on a Facebook group. I like what you're doing here, just for the purpose of adding value. Um, It's simple, so simple that people will instantly discount it. But the offers you get to make define how much revenue you're able to pull out. So it happens over and over and over again. People are like, I didn't make any money this week. Well, how many offers did you make? Oh, I didn't make any. Well, there you go. Yeah. If you if you, you have the greatest batting average in the world, but you don't get any pitches, you're you're not nobody's gonna know who you are. Yeah. So uh, oftentimes it's an it's an awareness thing. And when you just feel like nothing's working, but you don't have awareness on what you're even doing. And and this comes back down to pick one or two things. Like become good at Facebook groups. Start there. And by the way, if if you don't do marketing for a living, it doesn't matter. You do marketing for a living. Because if you don't, you're broke. Yep. So you can be a doctor, but you don't understand, you're broke. Like you have no control over your future. Um, if you are, if you help people get on stages, but you don't know marketing, which clearly you do, mm. uh, it doesn't matter how good you are at your main thing because you can't control the attention that you receive, which feeds the business. So starting a Facebook group is a great idea. And people want to know how do you fill a Facebook group? Well, you can post on your, you know, you can do this training. Let's say it's a 20 minute training. And you post it on your wall and you say, here's everything I taught in the training. you got to be in the Facebook group. And what are people going to do? They're going to join your Facebook group. Yeah. And over time, it starts building momentum. Nothing's going to work in the first week, by the way. Yeah, that's like, so true. And that's an expectation thing people get off. Like, well, I did this and, and Pete put together a challenge and there were 8 million people in it. And <laughs> I did it. Even I saw your challenge. I was like, dude, what are we doing wrong with our lives, man? <laughs> he got 8 million people in this challenge. But, you know, it's it's going to take repetition. It's going to take practice and reps. You're not going to be able to bench 
a PR if it's the first time back in the gym. Mm -hmm. So people have to be comfortable and obsessed with the process, not the byproduct of the process. Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches of all time, maybe behind Bear Bryant. Uh, he said, we don't win championships. It was this is weird because he's won a lot of championships. We win plays. And those plays win the quarter. And those quarters win the half. And then the half wins the game. And if you win enough games, you win the championship. And redefine my thinking. You cannot be obsessed with the scoreboard. You have to be obsessed with the, the dribbling. You have to be obsessed. And so don't get onto this weird thing where it's like, well, you know, what's the tactical thing? How do I make a million dollars? Blah, blah, blah. Just, just go out and play the game well and start a Facebook group, start offering value. Don't do too many things at the same time. Maybe start an email list. But if you start an email list, don't also start 18 other different funnels because that's just how you get confused. Start one or two things. Do it because you love to do it. And if you don't love to do it, get over it and teach yourself to love to do it because you can absolutely teach yourself to love something. Mm -hmm. And if people love the process more than they love the bank balance, they never have to worry about the bank balance. But we have it confused. People love the money more than they love the service. Wow. And so they get obsessed with the wrong thing. Somebody like me comes and takes them out because I can play the long game. And so we have to rewire this. And it's, it's not difficult to do. It's simple to do, but consistency is difficult. Wow. And that's where they get lost. I love that. So if you had, I love what he's saying, like pick one or two things, mm -hmm. like one or two things. So I'm putting you on the spot today. There's no traffic in funnels. There's not a great, great video team here in the room. There's no sales reps out there. There's no operations. There's no Gabby. There's no Chris. There's Taylor. Taylor's a pastor. And Taylor's figured out this problem that he wants to solve. He's like, wow, like, um, you know, I'll tell you a problem that's real for me right now. Like, all of a sudden, I'm in the nurse. I'm putting my grandmother in assisted living. I just put her in there this last week, and Kim and I are helping support her in that. And it's a, and one of the incredible things that I get to do from being an entrepreneur is support my grandma. And I'm in there, and I'm thinking to myself, man, if COVID hits as hard as it's hit, people can't, people cannot go into those homes right now. They cannot go in there. And so it's like somebody's got to solve something to be able to bring human interaction into nursing facilities or assisted living homes. Yeah. Like that might be the problem that like I could go solve. Like, let's say Taylor's got a problem and he's like, I want to go solve this problem. What's one or two strategies that you would pick? Would it be a Facebook group? Is that what you would do? It depends on the market. Okay. I mean, I don't know if, if the nursing home thing would be on, they'd be on Facebook, but um, maybe I think that, isolate the distribution channel and then isolate where the market's at, mm -hmm. where the water, those two things, what would be what I would do. I was giving somebody advice yesterday. who wants to start, he builds custom furniture and it's beautiful wow. and he wants to get started. I said, go find apartments in Nashville. There are a hundred thousand of them and get partnerships with them to put little postcards because people who move into apartments, you think they want to stay there forever? No, uh, they're going to move into a house yeah. and they're going to probably get new what? Furniture. furniture and you want to be in there that that's your watering hole he was like oh my god that's amazing but you just want to find where people are at and see if you can meet them there for me it was facebook and the distribution channel can be the same it can be on facebook or it can be a different technology completely but i would say uh find the the marketing find the watering hole if, if you don't have access to one build one and then the second thing is really dial in the distribution mm -hmm. 
Makes sense? Yeah, completely makes sense. And in your case, what I would say is look at the blue ocean because somebody's already solved that issue mm -hmm. and they have more money than we do. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> so if we go into it, if we start competing, like how you got to piece it all together, is there real opportunity here or you know, is there maybe, maybe I could consult with people on how to build relationships with the people they love, mm -hmm. even, even remote, you know, there's yeah. consulting and then there's the, like Facebook's really building that technology and I, I don't want to compete with them, yeah. but there's a, probably a process in your mind of like, here's how to really connect, reconnect with the loved ones you have and make sure that you get, you extract every ounce from them. Yeah. So there's always two angles to go at it from. hundred percent. No, I love that, man. I love that. Well, I want to give a, I want to give a homework assignment today, but final thoughts for everybody watching. I know we're, I'm going to give a, a little homework assignment here in just a second, but any final thoughts for everybody that's watching just around this idea of sales and marketing? I think the biggest thing I could teach is that um, fortune has always favored the bold. Uh, and so is history. And so it's not, you're likely not ever going to struggle with an insurmountable technique issue. That's not what's going to keep you out of the game. What's going to keep you out of the game is the moment that you were going to do something, but you didn't because what if they, what if, what will they think? And you were going to reach out to somebody, but you didn't because you don't want to be perceived that way. If, if we could become a secure generation to be compared and contrasted with an insecure generation, if we can become bold enough that we're more interested in am I really helpful to this person? Not do they perceive me as wealthy or do they perceive me as successful? I don't think you'll ever struggle with the, with the technique issue again, because it won't matter. Like if it doesn't work, let's just go do something else. What's going to take you out of the game is your own mental stability and your own security. And people always want to want to get me to talk about tactics. And sometimes I do, but sometimes I just can't do it. Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know? So that would be the last thing I would say. Because at the end of the day, probably the majority of tactics that you and I try right now. They're going to change tomorrow. They're, they're going to change, but whatever we try are probably going to work too because yeah. of having all of, this, all of the stuff that you are talking yes. about. And they will change. And when the new yes. one comes, we'll be able to do that yep. as well. Yep. And the next one and the next one. But it yep. has more to do with what our mindset revolves around 100%. than anything That's else. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So, hey, guys, this is what I want to do. I'm trying to figure out this like strap here that because uh, I want to I want to I want to illustrate a point here I don't know where Daniel did this but like I uh I believe here's the cool thing that I believe about Taylor and, and them is the reason why we're here for a couple of days is because my heart and his heart are so similar and it might be that we're backgrounds ministry our faith but I just uh, his mind resonates with me but his heart resonates with me and one of the reasons why I am so deeply convicted about sales and it took me about a year to do this my wife said, why did you do such a great job selling and marketing Rachel's Challenges programs for 13 years? I said, well, because they were saving kids' lives and suicides mm -hmm. were being prevented and school shootings were being prevented. And she said, yeah, but what about that story that you told me about this person and that person and this person and that person about what you're doing for people's lives? Why is it so hard for you, Pete, to sell yourself when for 13 years, you could sell another organization. And one of the hardest reasons was, is because A, just, just self-consciously, like it was harder for me to sell, sell myself. And I was so constantly think, thinking about the word sales. And Taylor said the word today, it's a service. 
it's service. Yeah. Like when we can get into a mindset of like, dude, what I have to offer the world, they need, there's a moral obligation. I hope enough people I'll always have what I want. So I go into a sales meeting today, this morning, 830. We're here for two days. That's, that's not just an investment of his time, which I'm so grateful for him and his team. It's also an investment in me bringing three people out here. This is how serious this topic is to me. Like I am on the road in this topic right now. And I see his sales team not come in and talk about quotas or numbers or sales. They're talking about client wins. Yeah. I'm like, who's Bobby? Who's Jan? Who's Bill? Who's that? Like, yeah. I didn't think that was any of the names that I just met. And then it connected the dots. Yeah. They're talking about all of the clients wins. Yep. If we can get into that mindset of all of you watching, like you can serve people, you can serve people. And here's the thing like that first generation or whatever you said, it's going to be very difficult. Like I literally have this ice pack on right now because it's a reflection that like yeah. doing the work isn't easy. Like yeah. this is what they, his team had to go get me because I haven't lifted in three weeks. You worked out yesterday. I haven't been doing the work. Yeah. And I got a little bit discouraged last night. I'm like, crap, I'm getting old and like, I'm probably not going to lift for a few weeks. And then I quickly shifted that mind. I'm like, no, I'm going to figure out a way how to lift tomorrow. It might not be as much weight. It might not look the same, but I'm going to figure this out yeah. because I know the second and the third, you call them generate or uh, third, con- third order consequences, third second, order, third. second, third, fourth order consequences. Yep. It's the first one that keeps us. From and you got to get over the first one. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. got, you got to get over the first one and the first one's not always easy. But the second, third, and fourth, man, that's such a brilliant thing. So this is what I want you guys to do today. Um, Eric is going to put a worksheet in here. I'm going to ask every, I, I, I might not, like the sales and marketing challenge that's going to take place on July 27th through July 31st will bring you plenty of mindset stuff. But I'm also going to talk about 15 to 20 tactics there. We're going to talk about Facebook groups. We're going to talk about Instagram. We're going to talk about Pinterest. We're going to talk about sales calls probably have Taylor talk about sales calls. <laughs> role play too. Well, role play. Role play is the best. Dude, let's do sales calls. We'll have him talk about sales calls. Yes. And we will role play during that challenge. We will actually role play for you to see how they do it from a service basis. We're going to have like 20, close to 20 different tactical strategies where you'll be like that one or two resonate with me. And if you just pick one or two from that week, it will be so impactful for the rest of 2020 for you. It'll be so impactful for you for the rest of 2020. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is block that on your calendar, 1 p.m. Eastern, July 27th through the 31st. I don't know if there will be a recording because I love when people show up live. I just absolutely love it when you show up live. We'll be emailing all of you as alumni. Um, You get access to that challenge for free. But I want you to do a homework assignment. I want you to get really crystal clear on a couple of things. Number one the handful of problems that you can solve today. The handful of problems that you can solve today. Taylor said, not 20, not 30. What are five problems you can solve? If you're a brand new business, this might be five new. If you're an existing business like me, all of a sudden I have people like Tony Robbins and, and, you know, I had a conversation with Ryan Dice and Roland Frazier and all these people are like, Hey, how did you do your virtual event? And all of a sudden there's like, Oh, there's this new problem that arose that I'm probably going to incorporate some business model around now. So for all of you other businesses, there are problems that exist today that you have the abilities to be able to go solve. I want you to get clear 
on five problems of that you really believe you can be solving in the market today, five. And then the second thing I want you to do, and this is just fresh off of Bean and Taylor's meeting this morning, is I either want you to give me two or three real life success stories of people or organizations that you've helped and what you did for them. And right away, I'm gonna overcome the objection that some of you have in your mind, but I don't have two or three yet then I want you to paint two or three. I want you to visualize two or three people that three months, six months from now, I want you to name them. And I want you to actually state what they're going to say about the way that you impacted their lives. So create them as a, you know, a character that will soon be revealed. But I believe if you can get fundamentally clear on the clarity of the problem and the service, <laughs> The, the rest will begin to take care of itself. The rest will begin to take care of itself. So that's the homework assignment for today. I want to see all of you post that homework assignment. Make sure July 27th through July 31st, block your calendars, 1 p.m. Eastern time. We will be in here live every single day. We will most likely be going for 75 minutes during that time because I want to give you 15 to 20 sales and marketing strategies that are working in today's market. We'll see you next week. Have an incredible week. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com. Hey guys, what's up? Taylor Welch here. Quick announcement for you. You might have noticed that I've kind of been in and out and submerged in our own businesses for quite a while. We're actually in a space we're about to rent out because of the growth and my business partner and I, we always say that there's really three different distinct levels of growth as an entrepreneur. There's surviving, that's the first level, you gotta figure out how to eat. Come on, being able to pay for food and for housing is actually a nice benefit of uh, making money. Then there's thriving. So when you get to the place where a lot of our clients get to, where they have surplus, they have abundance, they have the ability to take care of more than just themselves. That's one of the goals that you should have in your life is not only how do I take care of my family, but how do I take care of the families and the people around me? But there's a third level, and it's called impact. It's when you're able to actually give and invest into a generation of people who have their own circles of influence. They have their own families. They have their own clients and employees. And me and Chris are really at that third level. For the first time in our lives, I'm actually coming out of the offices where we've built, you know, teams of people and different businesses combined will do almost $70 million next year in revenue. And I'm wanting to invest into people. I'm wanting to invest into, you know, not just the next generation, but the current generation of business owners and entrepreneurs who want to thrive, who want to build their own levels of impact. So be honored if you would consider maybe the opportunity to partner together. Maybe when you have an event coming up or you know, you're speaking at something, I want to partner with people who have a voice to help them invest lessons that I've learned, painful lessons, costly lessons over the last five, six years. I've done everything wrong to a degree, and we have learned how to build healthy, sustainable, growing, profitable businesses. I want to teach your crew how they can not only make a lot of money, but thrive while doing it. Not only make a lot of money, but be fulfilled while doing it. This is my next step 
as an entrepreneur. I've made it through the survival stage. I've made it through the thriving stage. Now I'm ready to really focus on impact and partnership. Go to trafficandfunnels.com slash Taylor Welch. There's details on that page. If you have an event coming up, we'd love to be considered to help you wow your audience. And not only that, but make a lasting impact into their lives and their families as well. Talk soon.